0: Welcome to this episode of Asian Glow Up Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jojo. Today's guest is actually my younger brother, Edward. Do you want to do a quick little introduction on yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, totally. So my name is Ed. Um, Jojo is obviously my older sister, We're actually six years apart. We both attended, or I'm attending right now, UT Austin. And she graduated back in 2018, is that correct?
0: Yeah, I graduated in 2018. 2018. So around like three years ago. So I feel kind of old, but... Also, it feels like I just graduated yesterday, so it's like, it's like, mm-hmm. weird.
1: and I'm just about to start my sophomore year, so.
0: Right. And he's a film major.
1: Yeah. I'm a film major at UT Austin, and I'm actually here in New York visiting for a week. And this
0: is our first sibling trip, actually, which is funny.
1: Yeah. Our first sibling trip.
0: Yeah. What'd mm-hmm. you think of it?
1: <laughs> Honestly, New York moves very fast, and I've only been here for what, a couple of days now? And I've uh, met. It's been almost a week. Almost a week. But I've met like tons and tons of people, and the connections you can build here, it's It's crazy.
0: Let's just say, like, he's amazed at how you can just walk down the street and run into someone that, like, you maybe admired during high school, Mm -hmm, specifically. Like, the Overtime, what is it? Host?
1: Oh, yeah. We ran into Overtime Larry.
0: Right. I don't have (laughs) any idea who that is. Sorry. But he was very excited to run into Uh him. Um, Yeah. Anyways, today's episode is a little bit on the heavier side, I would say. We have been having a bunch of fun in New York this past week, but just to... Catch everyone up. Our grandmother actually passed away around a little over a month ago, right? Around a month ago. Yeah, it feels like it was almost a lifetime ago, but also still so recent. So it's like a weird like middle space right now. But we think it's really important to come together and talk about things. Things like the passing of a loved one, dealing with expressing emotions with our loved ones in Asian culture. And we also wanna talk about how we can push each other and push our family members to get closer and kind of break that surface level tension where we feel like we can't express our true identity with our loved ones. I guess we can start off by talking about how we express emotions with our families and how we communicate when grief strikes. What do you think it was like at grandmother's funeral? Like did you feel uncomfortable showing your emotions? What was it like for you?
1: Well, just in general, I feel like growing up in an Asian family, it's it's very normal to not be emotional. We weren't taught that, but like the way we grow up, like we're not very open about things, you know?
0: I feel like most of our family was actually pretty emotional. For context, our grandfather passed away around 11, 10 to 11 years ago, so it's been a, it's been a while and we were a lot younger. I think I was around, let's see, 10 years ago. I was like 14. You were probably like eight years old.
1: I was still in preschool at the time. Preschool? Maybe even younger. Maybe even younger.
0: No, you were eight years old.
1: Was I eight? Oh no, I was in first grade. Yeah, I was like
0: preschool. Yeah. Because I was in sixth grade, I think. Maybe it's also because I was so much younger, but I didn't think it was as emotional as grandma's was. How did it feel for you?
1: So one thing I really didn't notice about... The younger like kids that attended the funeral, like us, you know, like like Uncle David, Grace for context. And all that. Uncle
0: David is like thirty five.
1: Yeah, but one thing I I noticed is that you know the younger kids we we felt pain, right? We felt like mm-hmm. we wanted to grieve and mourn, but it was difficult for us to show that emotion compared to like you know mom, dad, and everyone else. Why do was, you
0: think it's more difficult for us?
1: I just feel like we weren't really taught to express our emotions as Asian Americans with immigrant parents.
0: Something that's actually really interesting is that the night that she passed away, we actually had the opportunity to visit her in the hospital room. I I was the last person to enter the room and everyone else was crying and I had a mask on, obviously, so people couldn't really tell that I was crying, but one of our aunts looks at me and she was like, why aren't you crying? Why aren't you grieving? And I just pulled down my mask for her and I was like, I am crying, but... Also, like, it's kind of messed up for you to look at me and ask me, like, why I'm not crying because everyone Mm -hmm. grieves differently. And that doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, upset by it. So I thought that was very, like, a very interesting, like, tension point. And I mean, I don't blame her for it at all because obviously, like, she just lost her mom and it's really tough. But I just thought it was interesting that she was, like, expecting, like, much more emotion out of me even though 364 other days of the year were not expressing emotion at all.
1: So, JoJo, like, I had to ask, why didn't you, so did you have your mask on because, like, COVID protocols, or, like, did you just not want to show that you were crying?
0: Both. Once I got into the hospital room, actually, I don't think we were required to wear the mask, but I also kind of wanted to hide that I was crying, just because, like, I'm still kind of uncomfortable showing that. It was also weird because it felt like it wasn't my place to show too much emotion. Like I wanted to create the space for like our aunts and uncles to Right. Grieve more than for myself if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Were you scared to show your emotions at the funeral?
1: I'd say I was pretty scared. I remember um, my first initial thought was to- For me it's just very like, you know, I never cried in front of mom or dad. And if I do, then it's on very like rare occasions. So I just- for me it just felt very uncomfortable.
0: But it's interesting because dad, specifically, cries a lot in front of us. Mhm. So, wouldn't that make you feel more comfortable or no?
1: Typically, yes, I think it would, but I just feel like something about the Asian culture, like...
0: It, like, makes it uncomfortable. For context, he doesn't cry in, like, a bad way or anything. Like, for example, he will cry every time he drops Edward off at college in Austin, which is two and a half hours away from Houston. He'll cry anytime time he drops me off at the airport when I'm going back to New York. It's just, like his way of expressing his love for us i guess so it's not ever in a bad way but it's interesting that that does make you feel a little bit more comfortable but not fully comfortable because i notice, like mom definitely tries to hide it
1: yeah mom for some reason maybe that's where it roots from but the thing is it's like even talking to some of my buddies it's a very consistent trait in within like asian american families
0: mm-hmm Like withholding emotions almost? Yeah,
1: withholding emotions.
0: You've never gone to anyone else's funeral, have you? No, I haven't. Have you talked about it with your friends, how funerals are in their families?
1: I actually haven't had that conversation with any of my friends. But, you know, that makes me realize I probably should.
0: Going back to grandma, obviously like we were really sad when she passed away and she like pretty much raised you. And she like raised me for half my life, so like we feel close to her, but can you confidently say that you a hundred percent knew who she was?
1: To be honest, I don't think I really knew who she was as a person. If I can go back, I would I would do it differently. I would play my cards differently because I just felt like I never knew grandma at a deeper level, you know? And I would wanna like learn about her backstory and stuff because of how she was raised and also how she raised mom.
0: I mean, it was also like a different country.
1: Yeah, a different country.
0: But I also think it's like a language barrier thing, at least for you Because yeah. it's interesting that she pretty much raised you, but your Korean level is not Proficient It's not proficient, right? Yeah. What would you categorize your Korean?
1: On a scale of 1 to of 10, it's probably at a solid like 3 on it's a good day like
0: a, Yeah, on like, a good day 4 You can't even write your name, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, but, I mean, I can read it
0: you, you can read your name? Only my name Wow. <laughs> it's it's weird though because I don't know how how I was raised so differently in yeah. in terms of my Korean proficiency because like I can read, I can write, I can speak. Like I would I'd would say my speaking level is not like eloquent, but I can understand perfectly. I probably on a scale of one to ten, I'm probably at like a seven and a half. Mm,
1: okay. So I
0: wonder like what happened there. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it's because I actually tried in Korean school growing up.
1: Yeah, I really yeah. I didn't care for it much, but like I do regret it because Mm -hmm. there there wasn't really much me and grandma could relate to besides
0: even though i could speak better than you i probably am on the same level as you were with her so maybe that's not even the main thing yeah it was not until like a week before grandmother passed that i actually asked mom for the first time how did grandma even get to america like everything Mm -hmm. all the backstory and I was asking her, like, does she have any siblings or any other family other than us? And mom actually told me that she had to flee North Korea and she was separated from her parents. And she had no siblings, like maybe a very distant cousin or something who we lost touch with. But that's pretty much it. She had no siblings. She had to leave her parents behind. And then she came to South Korea and met grandpa. And that's her story. And I I never knew that. My advice to anyone listening is not to wait until this late to ask these questions.
1: Mm, exactly, exactly. Because yeah. I mean,
0: often it's moments like this that spur questions and like wanting to get to know someone like when it's too late. But yeah, I would like yeah. not sometimes, be scared to ask.
1: But like, you don't realize what's there until it's gone. It's very like, it's a cheesy saying, you know, but like... It's very it's, it's cheesy. Very, I'm surprised you even said that. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true.
0: I also think something that kept us from getting to know our grandmother in particular that well was um, that she was suffering from Alzheimer's towards the, like, last, would you say, like, two to three years? Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like that kind of stripped away, like, her personality. It's weird because people who reach out to me who knew her from church, like, she went to church every single Sunday. She also went to Bally Total Fitness when that was a thing. Like, every other day.
1: And she would swim. She would swim laps. She would swim, like. She was a very fit person. Even,
0: like, I think up to, like, five years ago, I think she was swimming still. And all my friends would tell me that she would like, when she, when they would greet her, she would like punch him in the arm because she was so strong. And like, they would always be like, oh, your grandma's like, so tough. So I feel like like that was kind of the extent of her personality that we really understood. But it is nice hearing friends reach out, like telling me like their memories or associations with her. Those are the things that I started to miss after the Alzheimer's. Unfortunately, we don't have any living grandparents anymore. So like we can't really apply any new learnings to those relationships but i mean we can do that moving forward with like
1: our next generation of children
0: i mean also with our parents
1: yeah with our parents with our parents
0: with our aunts uncles cousins even like i feel like with our cousins i feel like maybe we were closer when we were younger because we could see each other more often i guess and now it's pretty much just for the major holidays like mostly just thanksgiving but i feel like in general like my relationship with most of our family members is pretty much surface level
1: Mm-hmm. and also the same with me
0: Yeah, one of our aunts actually does a really good job of like trying to push that barrier I think she doesn't even know that she's doing that but her personality is so bubbly and like fun that I think she just like makes it more comfortable to talk about things she'll also like ask me questions that no one else in the family tries to ask and tells me personal stories that lets me understand her upbringing and her experiences so I think that's like a good start
1: Maybe honestly, it might just be because like most of our family members are introverted, to say the least. What do you think? I would say something I have noticed is that they do open up more at Thanksgiving and stuff when there's drinks involved.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's always soju at Thanksgiving, which I don't really partake in, but they definitely go hard on that soju, like not in a bad way or anything. Like it's it's fun. It's like a fun thing to do all together. But yeah, like I don't know if in particular if the soju actually helps us like actually get to know each other on a deeper level though.
1: I would say so. I would say so. Really? I feel like I feel like everyone's intention in the family is really is to like get to know each other at a deeper le- deeper level. Intention. Yeah, intention. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's difficult, you know, because they're just not maybe used to that, and maybe it's because they're intimidated because we we're grown up here, and maybe yeah. They I mean, rank- there's
0: there's definitely a divide in our family in particular between like the Americans, I would say, and like the people who were born in Korea, right? Yeah. Like we have like a divide in our cousins. We even like, we
1: literally even sit at different tables or different sides of the table.
0: I would say we also like were able to grow, like literally grow up with our Korean American cousins versus our cousins who were actually born in Korea because they immigrated to America when I was in middle school, right? Yeah. Yeah, so like they were already kind of grown because they're older than us. And then our Korean-American cousins, we grew up with them like since we were babies. hmm So I think that's also why. But also I think it's like language barrier, culturally, like I can understand all their jokes that they say at the dinner table. But like I'm not going to be able to confidently throw around like the same like words and like vernacular that they're using in Korean. I'm just like not as comfortable to do that. And like mm. I know you aren't either.
1: Maybe that's what I think we solved it then.
0: What? Learning Korean?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, you're intimidated by by how good they are at Korean and how. I wouldn't familiar... say it's
0: necessarily like being intimidated. I think it's like knowing that that is one of the biggest like differentiators between us and them.
1: But do you think you feel comfortable in that? In their territory, quote unquote?
0: I mean, I don't even know if they feel comfortable speaking English. So it's like Exactly. It so goes that they're not they're not ways.
1: comfortable in like our territory.
0: I mean, let's start with our parents. Like what yeah. do you think can be changed or done differently in that relationship?
1: I think first of all we have to understand where they're coming from.
0: I mean, you know. Yeah, I think I think we do that. It's not that we like it's but not that we don't understand. Oftentimes
1: we do from. forget though. And then we get frustrated. Obviously, like culturally, even like when we go out to eat and stuff, like if they don't follow like, you know, quote unquote proper American manners, we get mm-hmm. annoyed. But then we forget that, you know, you know what I mean, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm just like thinking
0: about certain instances as an example. Like, (laughs) I'm thinking of dad mostly.
1: Yeah, I just can't, I can't think of it, but she's done countless.
0: (laughs) He just is like a goofy guy. I saw on Subtle Asian Traits that someone made a game. It's like, we're not really strangers, but it's in, it's been translated into, I think, Mandarin, and it's meant to... I think it's called like parents are human too or something and it's game specifically made to play with your parents to get to know them and I thought that was a great idea but it's not available in Korean so I keep like reaching out to them but I don't know if the project is still ongoing and I like kind of want to make it happen but I think like things like that are such a great idea and maybe we can even play like we're not really strangers with our parents but I do think that game is like a little different since it's like literally made for strangers Just understanding where our parents come from seems kind of passive. Like, it's not something super actionable. That's, like, a reaction to their actions. So, like, what's a specific action you can take to really improve the relationship?
1: What do you think about spending more time with them?
0: Yes, but, like, doing what? Because, like, for example, when we try to go watch movies, it's, like, hard for them to fully understand culturally, like, what's going on. And, like, I'm not blaming them for that, but I'm just saying, like, it's hard to, like, connect on, like, shared interests like that.
1: How many times have have we wanted them to try, like, Americanized things? Like, watching an American movie?
0: I watch a lot of Korean shows with mom, and I every time there's a Korean movie that comes out, I watch it with them.
1: Okay, but not just movies. What do you mean? Just things from their culture. I was going to say, like, we can try to implement more things from their culture in our everyday activities.
0: I guess if we're trying to understand them better, we need to, like, get to know them better.
1: I guess just asking them, like, how they grew up and stuff. I know it's very sensitive... Or uncomfortable for people to just like sit down and talk like that in Asian American culture. So maybe you know, go shoot some golf balls, or like with mom, like go on some errands, go shopping with her, talk mm-hmm. to her, and like slowly just plant, start planting seeds. Mm-hmm. And as you keep spending more time with her, you can dive deeper.
0: Even if we wanted to tell them we wanted to interview them, I think they'd be down. Do you have any friends who are particularly like super close with their family?
1: All of my Asian American friends are typically not.
0: But would you say, would say like... I'll
1: say a good 90% of them are not close with their families at all.
0: That 10% though, like what constitutes like how close they are with their family?
1: It's more so how they tell their parents everything.
0: Mm. I mean, I feel like you tell mom and dad a lot, actually. Like more than yeah. I told them. Does that come from that 10% of friends?
1: I try to learn from my friends who seem like, you know, they're, they're doing well.
0: And they talk to the parents about everything.
1: hmm And that mm. just develops a deeper relationship because it's not fair for them, I feel like, if I just keep my life a secret, you know? Yeah, so, I
0: mean, you don't want it to feel like you're living a double life, right? Exactly.
1: And that's what I've been learning as you know, I've, I've been getting older. I mean,
0: I'm actually very surprised at some of the stuff that you tell mom, specifically.
1: Yeah, like, I, I tell her some stuff that most kids like, won't. I think,
0: do you think you tell her, like, pretty much everything?
1: I want to say everything, you know? Like, there's some stuff... <laughs> I, How
0: did you become so comfortable telling her all that?
1: Because I realized, you know...
0: Do you think it's also because, like, you're the second child?
1: I think that does play a factor into it. Mm. Actually, all this rooted, or my thoughts on this rooted from um, a psychedelic trip on shrooms that I took a couple of months ago, during the school year. This is, like, my spring semester.
0: Your first time doing shrooms? My
1: first time doing shrooms. Okay. Um, and shrooms, I do not recommend for everyone. You know, you should be... Mentally stable and stuff before you take him.
0: Yeah. Also, make sure you're doing it with a friend or someone who can make sure you're safe. A
1: mm-hmm, like trip sitter is always important.
0: Trip sitter. There you go. Yeah. It's a new term I've never heard.
1: But basically, I was doing streams with my boys, right? We were just out on the field late at night, looking at the stars, all tripping together. It was a good time. But then, as you know, like, when you're on psychedelics, like, any negative thought can affect your trip.
0: Yeah. Like, you can, like, take over, right? You can
1: take over. I realized I wasn't really reaching out to, to mom and dad as as much, like, while I was at school, you know, I was, like, I was busy. was not talking
0: to them as much. Yeah, and then they okay. they
1: done so much for me to, like, be able to go to film school, you know, like, letting me pursue what I want, mm-hmm. and then in return, like, I don't, I really don't do shit for them. <laughs> it just made me, like, think about, you know, family more and the importance of family, so it made me just want to, I don't know, just be better, be a better son.
0: So, did you feel like you, like, broke a barrier by telling them more, or... Like, did it feel kind of natural?
1: It felt very natural, actually. I mean, obviously, it rooted from, you know, my psychedelic trip, but the next day, it was kind of like a reset button. I was just able to do it. It was like a
0: complete, like, 180.
1: Yeah. Like, I'll never tell them this before, but I'll I'll just be like, oh, I'm gonna, like, go drink with my friends tonight. Kind of like a wake-up call to, you know, just share more about myself, because I just feel like I'm living two lives at this point because at the same time you know we're trying to fit into this American culture as well as Asian Americans
0: it's definitely unique being Asian American because there's so many different things like tugging and pulling at both sides of you like you want to stay true to your culture but you also need to kind of conform to the American way and that includes like having to disagree with your parents sometimes even though they have everything that's best for you in mind um but this just reminds me of, like, typical generational trauma issues that not just Asian Americans experience, but a lot of people experience in general. If you're not familiar with generational trauma, it's when the generation above you, so your parents, pass down their trauma, whether it's, like, mental health issues or just, like, like pretty much anything. And it's not on purpose, but it's just passed down, whether it's through, like, how they raise you, whether it's through how they communicate with you or, like, talk about things with you. I've actually read that generational trauma can literally leave a chemical mark on someone's genes, and that is also a way for that to be passed down, which is, like, actually insane.
1: That's interesting to see. Do you think anything has been passed down at us from, like, the behavior you see to the mom and dad?
0: I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, if you think about it, they are... Immigrants, they, like, left behind their lives in Korea to just come and, like, pretty much succeed. So even that, like, mentality of, like, just, like, living to survive, survive, survive in a new place probably constitutes as generational trauma in itself, right? Yeah. Our parents didn't have to, like, flee a war necessarily, but, I mean, like, leaving your home country and leaving loved ones behind is definitely, like, an experience that for sure affects our relationship with them wouldn't you say
1: agreed yeah yeah
0: Yeah. i mean i don't know enough about generational trauma it might even be called intergenerational trauma i'm not completely sure what the accurate term is but i definitely need to do more reading on it and like really try to better understand it but like that's something that i talk about with therapists that i've tried and that's why it's important for people who think that it's helpful to find a they're pissed of color who maybe can also relate to that experience. So I think it's very unique to people, especially whose parents are immigrants. How do you think you can make raising kids of your own a different experience? Or what would you say to this? I mean, I think it starts with like leading by example, right? Showing them that it's okay to be expressive and emotive starting at a younger age. And like, for example, like growing up, like we didn't see too much of like emotions being thrown around or like expressed so I think if like our future kids see that and like grow up with that it'll feel more normal for them and it's not something for them to like break out of if that makes sense
1: yeah break out of what
0: I mean how do you think our relationship is sibling wise I mean I'm six years older than you
1: right now I just feel like we don't we don't know each other that well yet Mm mm-hmm which is fine, but like you know, as life goes on, we're slowly learning. But
0: Everything you say it sounds so cliche.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you think your friends are super close to their siblings?
1: I think my friends who grew up in in like a non privileged ways, they're a lot more close, closer to their siblings. Like I have a friend who his family isn't making the most income, but mm-hmm. he's really tight with his his siblings because you know that's they're all they have. You know, like all they have is yeah, family. Yeah, exactly. And it really it really puts you in perspective, like how how blessed we are. Mm -hmm. We can follow what we want to follow without having to worry too much about, like, you know, income. Yeah. And we can go to the schools we want to.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely growing up privileged, yes. Yeah. I mean, like, not saying our parents didn't work hard to get to where we are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, I grew up, like, living in a tiny, tiny apartment. Like, I would say my... Upbringing is very different than yours, like, not in, like, a crazy way, but our parents definitely had a rough start, and I would say, like, maybe our age difference is because they felt like they couldn't support having two kids at the time, and when they finally became, like, affluent enough, six years later, they felt like maybe it was time. Yeah. I feel like that could be a reason. I've never really asked them, like, why the six-year age gap, but I feel like that could make sense, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I remember dad always told me a story about how he couldn't afford to buy me an alligator pillow that I really wanted from Ikea and he saved every penny, every extra penny he could and like dug through all the couch cushions to be able to buy it for me. And, you know, luckily enough, like when you were growing up, I don't think like that was necessarily the circumstance. So I think that's good. I mean, yeah, I think as we're getting older, it's becoming more apparent that we're like trying to get closer, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, even, like... There's just
1: more to relate to now than...
0: We have enough in common to talk about things on a podcast episode, for example. Yeah. What else? Like, I think you also coming to visit me just on your own, I think, is actually a big step, too, right? Agreed. Were you worried about this trip?
1: I mean, I knew we were going to fight, which we did.
0: We barely fought.
1: Eh, Yeah. When did we fight? I mean, I would just get angry sometimes. I mean, I don't know. I just get annoyed sometimes so like
0: i mean that's normal but we didn't like fight fight
1: yeah yeah i don't think we like got into any big fights or arguments but
0: i mean yeah there's times where i think you're like being a little dumb but (laughs) yeah that's just normal sibling relationship right
1: Mm -hmm. yeah one thing i did notice is like i feel like people like my friend you know who's who's not in the best circumstances right now like they're they're tight with their siblings from the start Mm -hmm. but you know for us it took a while
0: i mean what's the age gap between them
1: Actually, same thing. Six years and then two years.
0: Well, who's closer? Two years. Right. I think that's like the biggest factor. Because I know a lot of my friends whose siblings are like a little bit closer. They're like one to two years age gap. It's very different because you go to like school together at the same time. Yeah. But for us, like I graduated like six years before you started school. So you
1: were in a whole different like, you know, like...
0: Like state of mind and living. Yeah. Like when I went off to college, like you were still in... Middle school, middle school, yeah, yeah. So and like, also a
1: different culture, like the way y'all's.
0: You mean like Gen Z versus millennial? Yeah. I mean, I'm on the cusp. Okay, I think I'm a millennial, but yes. Mm.
1: <laughs> I'm Gen Z for sure.
0: Oh yeah, without without a doubt. Yeah. I feel like even though our age gap is big, as we get older, it feels like it's getting smaller, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it's honestly because we're both kind of pursuing like the same industry
0: i wouldn't say that you don't think so i think we're both creative people
1: creative people for sure left-sided thinking thinkers
0: yeah definitely use left brain a lot um i wouldn't necessarily say like the same career path or anything but that's not a bad thing
1: maybe it's just us maturing
0: i mean do you have any advice for people who may want to be getting closer to their siblings in particular
1: i would say sometimes if you don't have the best best relationship it's it could be like an ego thing, you know. I think just kind of like... Because even with you, I didn't, I didn't really know what you did. Like with your friends here in New York. I didn't know who your friends really were. I just saw photos.
0: I mean, you never even asked me. So it, it's both ways. Like I didn't tell you what you didn't yeah. ask me, you know? Yeah. And like same with your friends. I don't really ask.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do show you and tell you about it a lot.
0: This episode definitely started off as being more centered around like how we as Asian-Americans deal with mourning. The loss of loved ones and like being able to express ourselves but it seems like it took a turn in a good way to be more about like
1: how you shouldn't be afraid to like like be to your true show self. yeah to show your true side to your family yeah at the end of the day family is the only one that really cares i
0: don't think that's true i think that's true you think, no way. you think your friends don't care
1: i think my friends will put family their families over me
0: that's a different concept though putting family over friends versus not actually caring about their friends Right?
1: I just feel like everyone these days, like, they care more about themselves than anything and family. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's,
0: I think that's like the downfall of being a human. Like, we care about ourselves a little too much. Yeah. I think our ego is actually the biggest thing here that keeps us from being able to, like, just be comfortable being ourselves around our family, right?
1: Yeah. And overall, like, I also do think that humility is also something that we try to stay away from.
0: I think, yeah, we're, like, scared to be
1: humiliated
0: be hum- humiliated or, like, I think for me it's also, like, being insecure of, like, maybe, like, the thought of rejection of, like, showing my true, true self. Yeah. That's probably a big part, too. If you're still listening, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Asian Gloat Pod. We had so much fun recording this together. This is my first time really talking about topics like death and exploring what it means to really show your true Identity or like reveal a little more to your family as an Asian American and I personally really really enjoyed this conversation What about you?
1: Yeah, I think we definitely discussed some important topics that took a turn for for the best of it, you know Like and I just I hope that the people out there watching, you know Who may be in similar situations as us could really take away from this episode and try to implement it into their lives
0: Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is just like Don't be afraid to push yourself to Be you right?
1: Exactly yeah, exactly because at the end of the day only you know what you really want. That was weird.
0: That was weird <laughs> <laughs> I might keep that in it's kind of funny Okay. At the end, I think what you meant is at the end of the day You are the biggest obstacle. Yeah in your own way Yeah, and you know, I think like we're slowly getting there So if we can do it, yeah. then so can you
1: and I was gonna say something but it sounds weird again
0: Just say it
1: <laughs> I was gonna say like you could be the change for your next generation
0: whoa that was very very deep yeah i mean yeah. that's true like you you can be the change you want to see in the world mm-hmm. as gandhi said right <laughs> yeah i guess so there we go with the big the big deep conclusions from edward kim thanks for listening
1: thank you guys for tuning in
0: to stay updated follow us at asian glow up pod on instagram and do you want to plug your own social channel
1: you can follow me on Instagram at Edward.kim and my TikTok, Eddie McDaddy. <laughs> so Which is weird.
0: No, I'm just kidding. I made that up for him in like elementary school and he just <laughs> kept it. I don't know why. Yeah.